Welcome to Mind and Soul Matters. We're delighted to share with you again another special presentation from a live forum. It is part of a series of live talks organised in collaboration between Mind and Soul Matters and Melville Baha'i Community to discuss issues around mental health in our society. I will leave the introduction of our presenter to Dr. Dina Ashurian, MC of the forum. Enjoy this very interesting and informative presentation. Good morning, everyone. Today is the third in a series of mental health and well-being forums, where we explore relevant topics with the help of expert panel members. Baha'i communities all over the world are working to engage in social discourses on topics that are impacting our communities and our society at large. Today's forum has a focus on trauma and its impact on our mental well-being. A traumatic event is one that causes an individual or group to experience intense feelings of terror, horror, helplessness, and hopelessness. Examples of trauma include involvement in war, accidents, assault, including family violence, and also witnessing something terrible happen. Everyone's reaction to traumatic experiences is different. Many people recover well with the help of family and friends. However, some go on to experience long-term problems that will impact their ability to function. Today's forum is designed to educate us, to help us understand how someone can be impacted by trauma, in particular their mental health. So just a gentle warning, if you find the information shared today has triggered or distressed you, I urge you to check in with your support network. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome and introduce our panelists, Dr. Tarmala Kapol. Tarmala is a registered psychologist with 25 years of experience delivering mental health and well-being services. She has worked across Australia in welfare organizations, correctional settings, and policing agencies. She is the founder and director of The Wellbeing Psychologist, a private psychology practice in Alfred Cove, dedicated to helping people overcome adversity so they can thrive. As a former police officer, she has a special interest in treating trauma-related conditions in emergency service workers, the Australian Defence Force, and veterans. In addition to being a psychologist, Tarmala is a mental health-aware yoga teacher and is passionate about integrating mind and body practices to support healing. So please welcome Dr. Tarmala Kapol. Hello. Now, as Dana had already said, trauma can affect people in different ways. And one of the ways that I like to look at trauma is that trauma is an injury. It's a wound that hasn't healed. And if we think about when we're exposed to trauma, we react and respond in different ways. And a lot of this is based on our survival mechanisms of the way that our nervous system is wired. So if we think about it, psychological trauma is a type of harm that occurs when people experience or witness events but overwhelm their ability to cope in that moment with whatever they're being faced with. And 
Also, what we tend to see with a lot of trauma is that people's safety or their integrity of self has been challenged. And there's a really large feeling of helplessness and powerlessness when people go through traumatic events. It's important to recognize, as Dana had said, that not everyone who experiences a traumatic event will actually develop a traumatic disorder or have their mental health impacted in a negative way. I'll explain a little bit as I move along as to why some people do get affected more than others do. So what causes trauma? We've already sort of had a bit of an introduction to that. We've got events such as child abuse or neglect. We can have natural disasters. We're seeing that more and more often. And these sort of natural disasters just don't affect one person. They can traumatise a whole community as well. So we can have individual trauma and we can have collective trauma as well when we might go through an event that affects many, many people in the community. Even a difficult childbirth can cause trauma for people. So there are many things in life that can cause trauma, you know, combat, war and displacement, bullying and harassment. We see people from workplaces that are traumatised because they've been subject to severe bullying that never seems to end. Acts of terrorism. One the area where I work with emergency services it's repeated exposure to very, very graphic material or very distressing events. And one of the things that traumatises emergency service workers particularly is having to deal with the distress of other people and not being able to change, not being able to help them and feeling totally powerless and helpless in people's most difficult moments. So there are a wide range of issues that can actually cause trauma. So we can break trauma down into acute trauma, which might be a single event. It might be a car accident. It could be an assault, but it's a single event that someone experiences. We then have chronic trauma, which is repeated exposure to events. That could happen in a war-like situation. It can happen with emergency services. It could happen with someone that's subject to domestic violence. So it's chronic and it's repeated over and over. We've also got complex trauma, and complex trauma is one of the more difficult areas of trauma because it's a combination of being exposed to repeated events, but it's usually in childhood and it's usually to do with a close relationship. A child depends on someone and that someone is neglecting or abusing them in some way and there's no escape. There's total powerlessness from that. We also have intergenerational trauma where trauma is passed down through the generations and this affects people in the stolen generations. It affects people that have been displaced by war. Personally, my father was born in a displaced persons camp in Europe after World War II, so there's been a lot of trauma in respect to my personal family in regards to how they've survived and the impact that that's had on them. And then we have vicarious trauma, and this is when we might be exposed to trauma that's happened to other people. Vicarious trauma is really common. GPs, psychologists, social workers, and other people that work with people that have been traumatised or are really distressed. So there's a whole range of different types of trauma. So when we talk about trauma, we're not talking about one thing, but we are talking about a wound, a wound that doesn't heal. Okay. 
So when it comes to the effects of trauma, trauma can affect us in many, many different ways. And what we tend to see is that, as I said before, not everyone is affected in the same way by trauma. Some of the most recent studies that have been conducted in Australia suggest that 75% of us have been exposed to a traumatic event at some time in our life. And we can probably all think of something that we may have been exposed to that was traumatic. I mean, as a police officer, I can think of many things that I've been exposed to. I've had a car accident. That, that's a traumatic event. And there wouldn't be anyone in this room that probably hasn't been exposed to a traumatic event at some stage. So let's think about, well, how does trauma affect us? For some people, it can affect them throughout their life, particularly if a trauma starts very, very young. It's going to influence how they start seeing the world, how they see themselves, and how they see other people. And this is one of the things that changes when people are exposed to trauma. They start seeing themselves, the world, and other people differently. And there are five themes that often get affected when people are exposed to trauma. One of them is trust. We lose trust. We might lose trust in ourselves, in our own ability. We might lose trust in other people or the people that should have been caring for us and didn't care for us. Or we might lose trust in society or community more generally. Safety. As we've already sort of said, we feel unsafe. A lot of times that's why we have a very, very strong reaction to the traumatic event is because our sense of safety has been compromised. And what we'll often see, people who go through trauma start to believe that the world is dangerous, other people are dangerous, and they see danger everywhere. And that's one of the things that will keep trauma going and become probably a traumatic disorder rather than just being exposed to trauma. Power and control. Remember we talked about before this sense of helplessness, this sense of powerlessness. We all like to have some sense of agency or autonomy in our life. And when we don't have that, it's very, very difficult to cope and ground ourselves back again when we feel totally powerless. The other area where trauma can affect is self-esteem, our belief in ourselves, our worthiness, our, our lovability, our ability to be safe or to protect ourselves. So there's lots of different ways that trauma can affect our self-esteem as well. And the other area is intimacy. It can affect our ability to build relationships with other people. We've talked about trust. And this can be an issue that comes more with interpersonal trauma, so it's a really important thing to know that there are these different themes that trauma can affect. So when we think about the effects of trauma, trauma can lead to post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. That's what we often hear. Now, not everyone who's exposed to trauma will go on and develop an adverse mental health disorder or some negative impact from the trauma. I think trauma is probably very underrepresented. Having worked in the populations that I've worked in, particularly in welfare organisations and correctional settings, there would be very few of my clients that hadn't been exposed to trauma and hadn't had significant impact from the trauma they had been exposed to. And it may have started with child abuse, but then grow into other traumas. They've become assault victims in different ways. They've experienced trauma in lots of different areas of their life. 
So what we tend to see is that, yes, PTSD is an impact of trauma, but people can develop anxiety disorders. They can develop depression. They can develop substance use disorders, eating disorders. A lot of people who have eating disorders have a history of trauma in their backgrounds as well. Psychosis. There have been some studies to say that people who go on to develop psychosis have had a traumatic background. Self-harm and suicide. A lot of people who have experienced self-harm or suicide ideation or may have completed the act have been exposed to trauma as well and they've found it really, really difficult to live with that trauma or to overcome or heal from that trauma And aggression and violence, a lot of people who engage in acts of aggression and violence, because they have a client group that I've worked a lot with, when you get to know them and they start opening up, they talk a lot about the trauma that they've experienced in their life. So trauma can affect us in many, many different ways, not just sort of psychologically, it can also affect our physical health. A lot of people who may have unexplained health conditions a syndrome condition. Irritable bowel syndrome is one that comes to mind very, very commonly. Not everyone who has irritable bowel syndrome has been exposed to trauma, but there is a large cohort of those people who have been exposed to trauma. So trauma can come out in our body as well. It may not come out in our behaviour, but our body decides, I can't cope with this trauma, so I'm going to start responding to my environment in this way. So there are other health conditions, but IBS is probably one of the ones that we know most of that's related to to trauma and difficult sort of adverse life events. So trauma can happen suddenly after an event and it might sort of take a couple of months or it might take a couple of years. Some of the people I've worked with, 20 years later, with diagnosed PTSD because they've been suppressing what's happened, they've been coping in other ways, there's been a change in their life or there's been a major significant stressor and then they're not coping. They're having flashbacks, they're having nightmares, they're feeling unsafe, they're feeling depressed, they don't know why. They come in and have a talk to us and we review their history and there's a whole string of traumatic events that they've been exposed to. Then when we look at what's actually happening, we've got very clear-cut PTSD symptoms, but it may have taken 20, 25 years for those to, to come out. So it can be quite an insidious problem. It just doesn't go away for some people. But there is natural recovery from trauma as well. And the majority of people who are exposed to a traumatic event will recover. They will recover in the first days or the first couple of weeks or the first couple of months. But recovery really depends on the amount of support that you have, emotional support, practical support, whether you're living in a safe environment. So there's a lot of things that may impact on whether someone goes on to develop trauma. And we know that What can actually happen if you're already experiencing a lot of stressful life events, you're exposed to a traumatic event, you're at higher risk of developing a traumatic disorder. If you've had child abuse or a history of a very difficult childhood, you may have coped through that. You had support at the time, but then a stressful event might occur later in life and that person may then develop post-traumatic stress from that. 
So we know that about 12% of Australians experience PTSD. So we've got 75% of us will have been exposed to a traumatic event at some stage in our life. But the official statistics say that only about 12% develop PTSD. I don't know. I think it's probably underreported because, you know, you've got to be present to tick the boxes on a survey and not everyone who is severely traumatised is, is, is available to do that. So one of the things that we know is that some groups are at higher risk of developing trauma as well. Women, we have double the risk of men of developing trauma. People from First Nations communities are at higher risk. People from the LBTQI, I can't keep with all the numbers. I mean, no offence to anyone if I haven't got it right, are much more at risk as well. Refugees are much more at risk of developing trauma. And as I said before, anyone who's experienced a very difficult childhood is at higher risk of developing trauma as well. So one of the things that we see with trauma is that it's a nervous system response as well. It's something that's held in the body. Because if we go back to thinking about what the wound is, is we don't feel safe. We feel helpless and we don't feel safe. What our nervous system is programmed to do is to constantly scan for cues of safety or danger. What happens when we have a traumatic experience, we go on to hyper alert with scanning for danger to make ourselves safe, if you like. But what can happen, the nervous system, which our fight or flight response gets overactivated and it gets stuck. It gets stuck on. So no matter what we're exposed to, we don't feel comfortable. We're seeing threat. We're seeing danger where there may no, be no threat or danger there. And this is one of the difficulties. This is one of the things that keeps that trauma going is that everything we see means a sense of danger to us. So we can also have an opposite response to a fight or flight response. We can have a freeze response. And a freeze response in the nervous system, again, is a survival mechanism. But a freeze response occurs when we can't cope in any other way. If we're totally powerless, we don't know what to do, we freeze to protect ourselves. And many people who have experienced trauma have frozen in the event and then that freezing will continue. I can recall, I mentioned before, a car accident. I thought I was going to die in this accident and I froze. I don't know why I froze. I'm trained to know how to respond. And this is the difficulty. We blame ourselves. Why did I do that? I should have done this. But we're not completely in control. Our nervous system, which is a very sort of evolutionary component of our bodies, which hasn't changed a lot, is protecting us and it thinks that freeze is the thing that we need to do. But unfortunately, that freeze response can get stuck on as well. And people can swap between fight or flight or freeze. And this can lead to a lot of confusion to people as to what's happening to me, what's happening in my life. And it can also lead to other behaviours that people engage in as well. So there's lots of different effects that can actually happen when we're exposed to trauma. Um, I could go on for ages about it and talk a lot more about the body, but we obviously don't have time. Recovery from trauma. Recovery is possible. The difficulty is the longer people wait 
to seek help, the harder it can become to treat the trauma because it's ingrained in the nervous system. It's a conditioned response and we have to decondition the nervous system. We have to get the nervous system to be able to sense cues of safety and cues of real danger. And that takes a lot of work to be able to do that. And that's why as a yoga teacher, it's really important that when I work with someone, we're teaching signs of safety within the body because that will then tell the brain, ah, okay, I can be safe in this situation. So we want to be working with the body. We want to be working with the the thoughts. Remember I talked about those themes that can change. And then if we're talking about PTSD and we're talking about memories that are stuck or memories that won't leave us, we want to do some type of memory processing work. So therapy for trauma is a rather complex therapy. This is not one thing that we would actually do to help people. But it's not just about therapy. It's having good support, emotional support, having an environment where you can feel safe is really important as well. So it really is a holistic approach. And when it comes to seeking help, one of the things that I will often um, recommend is people talk to their GP. Talk to their GP about how they're ex- what they're experiencing The GP can make a referral to a psychologist. The GP can run checks to see if there's something else that's happening. They can talk to you about what your history is. And then it's up to you and your GP to put a plan in place as to whether that includes psychology, whether that includes self-help, whether that includes joining a group that's supportive. So there are lots of different ways to heal from trauma but it's a very individual response as well. And if you want some information later about how you can find a psychologist, I can give you some websites as to where you can go to get further information on trauma. If today's episode has raised any concerns for you, please reach out to your local mental health service and your support network. For those in Australia, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. If you found today's episode useful, remember to share an episode with a friend and follow Mind and Soul Matters on your preferred podcast platform and on social media. Look forward to your company next time on Mind and Soul Matters.